Hello and welcome back to CHP Sports Episode 5, where once again we will be doing our weekly recap of all the action that happened this past weekend between the college football world and the NFL games this week, as long as, uh, as well as talking briefly about the NASCAR Cup Series race at Texas this past weekend. So, <clears throat> as usual, we'll jump right into it with uh, college football always starting as our first, where our first game of the week that we talked about on Thursday with the picks was between the Vanderbilt Commodores traveling to face the South Carolina Gamecocks. Gamecocks were favored by 18 and a half in this one, and it did not go to plan for Shane B first year head coach Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks offenses. They struggled. They started off the game well with a long touchdown drive to start off, and then they had a long touchdown pass that set them up 14-3 early, but not much to speak of after that for the rest of the game until the end as Vanderbilt kind of had their way in this one. The defense played really well stopping the Gamecocks. Not that the Gamecocks offense has been very hard to stop this season. They have been very subpar. <clears throat> but Vanderbilt was able to get some um, something going on the offense, and they were actually able to take the lead in this one and lead it down the stretch 20-14. to 14. And they were up 17-14 before that, I believe. They, uh, the Gamecocks defense was able to hold them to a field goal to get the Offensive chance in this one, but South uh, Zeb Nolan comes in off the bench for Doty, uh, Luke Doty, the Gamecocks starting quarterback, and is able to lead the Gamecocks on a long scoring drive with under 40 seconds to go and walk off to Vanderbilt and win this one for the Gamecocks to get them back to 500 at three and three. Well, actually, get them to they came in at three and three, get them to four and three, and drop Vanderbilt to two and five on the season. So. It looks like Zeb Nolan might be the starter from here on out for the Gamecock because he's already been named the starter for next week on the road against Texas A&M. And also coming out recently, we've heard that Doty is going to have uh, foot surgery soon, so he is likely out for the season. So we'll see how the Gamecocks can handle as they head into a tough schedule upcoming with Texas A&M, Florida, um, and then Auburn after the Missouri game. Our second game is staying in the state of South Carolina. It's between the Clemson Tigers and the Syracuse Orange, who actually played Friday night. Clemson coming into this one at 3-2, and two, Syracuse at 3-3. Three and three. Clemson was favored by 13.5 in this one. And, man, I don't know what, how these people keep coming with these over-under and spreads on this game as Clemson keeps being favored by a lot and winning by a little. And it's not surprising at this point. It, we're over halfway through the season now, and we're just – it's expected. We're seeing how – Clemson's offense is nothing to shout about, and the defense is still very, very talented. Probably one of the best in the nation. They've done really well for themselves, but the offense is piss poor. And um, Clemson was able to lead most of this one. Syracuse played them tough early in the game. It was tied 7-7. Syracuse also, before anyone scored, had a long run that set them up in the red zone. That was looking like a strong start to the game that led to an interception, and then Clemson went back the other way, 90 yards on them to score a touchdown. So um, Syracuse, not much showing after they had one long drive in the first half, and then not much to show for it after that. They finally were able to score late in the game, and then were back in scoring range at the end of the game, down by three, looking for a field goal to force overtime. But unfortunately, a field goal just missed. And Syracuse drops this one to fall below 500 to three and four, and Clemson advances to four and two, giving once again for the first time in several years the Gamecocks and Clemson have the same amount of wins this deep in the schedule, which is very surprising from where Clemson was ranked at the start of the schedule. <clears throat> we'll move into our next game between the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who are ranked number 12, 
uh, coming to face the number 25 Texas Longhorns. Texas was coming off that rough loss against Oklahoma the week before. Oklahoma State was actually coming this one at 5-0. and But Texas was heavily favored, and I thought that they should take care of business as they were favored by five, and a lot of the experts had Texas winning this one. I believe at one point was like 78% to 22% uh, picking Texas, but Oklahoma State did not back down. Texas had a decent start to the game, but were not able to hold on. Oklahoma State comes back and wins this one. 32-24, to get to 6-0, to get, I believe they're in the top 10 in the polls now, not Texas out of the top 25, as they drop back to 4-3 after a 4-1 start. And, man, a lot of people look to be overlooking this Oklahoma State uh, team, including myself. We'll see what they can do throughout the rest of the schedule. Our next game is between the Auburn Tigers and the number 17 Arkansas Razorbacks. And... Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas. They started the season 4-0 before that embarrassing 37-0 loss to Georgia. And then last week they lost by one to Ole Miss where they decided to go for two instead of play for overtime. Auburn was coming off some tough losses to Georgia, and I believe they lost to LSU the week before. Well, no, I think they beat LSU. But Auburn coming off the bad 34-10 loss to number two Georgia, who's now number one. And... <clears throat> I thought Arkansas, this would be a good bounce-back game for them coming off back-to-back losses to get back in the win column, but they were not able to – they did not have control at any point in this game. It's Auburn just rolls them, uh, wins it 38-23. Bo Nix looked very good. Arkansas's offense did not once again. Um, they dropped back to 4-3 and three now after starting year 4-0, and, and Auburn advances to 5-2, and two, and we'll see how they can do because they're kind of – they're not terrible, but they're kind of one of those sneaky teams in the SEC West that could knock someone off. So we'll see how um, the season goes as Alabama. They'll play Alabama late in the schedule, and Alabama cannot afford to lose a second game. Um, so they already lost to Texas A&M earlier this, uh, just last week. So <clears throat> Our next game is between the number 11 Kentucky Wildcats and the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Kentucky and Georgia coming into this at 6-0. So I believe the first time ever two SEC East teams face off this deep in the season that's uh, both undefeated. Georgia's defense was looking so suffocating at this point, only allowing five and a half points a game coming into this one. They were actually favored by 22 and a half in this one. They were not quite able to cover that spread as I would have thought. They actually would have covered that spread if it hadn't been for a late garbage time Kentucky touchdown. They were going to win this one 30-7 with the backup quarterback once again with JT Daniels had Stetson Bennett playing quarterback. But Kentucky was able to get a late touchdown. They kind of kept it competitive in the first half, but we all knew where this one was headed. Georgia's defense is just too dominant, too good. You're not able to keep up pace with them. Even with their offense being a little lackluster, they, the defense just, just makes up for it, and they can, they can go toe-toe with anyone. That's why they're ranked number one unanimously unanimously in the nation at this point as they go to 7-0, knock Kentucky down to 6-1, and and Kentucky's still a very good team. We'll see what they can do throughout the rest of the year as they drop back to, I believe, number 15 in the polls. Our next game is between the number 13 Old Miss Rebels and Lane Kiffin's return to Neyland Stadium to face his old team in the Tennessee Volunteers. Both Old Miss 4-1 in this one, Tennessee 4-2. This was another highly anticipated close looking game as both of these offenses have been firing on all cylinders. 
Old Miss came to this one after that 52 to 51 win over Arkansas last week. Tennessee rocked the Gamecocks 45 to 20 last week at Neyland Stadium. And both these teams are averaging over 41 and a half points a game. But neither's defense was much to show about either. Um, especially that Old Miss defense, who actually played very well throughout this game. Tennessee kind of got some points late on the game, but Old Miss defense pr- played pretty well in this one. <clears throat> the offense was able to outscore that Tennessee offense as I expected. They win this game 31 to 26, went by five, covering the two and a half point spread they were favored by. And man, this was this was m- more less about the game and more about Lane Kiffin returning to Neyland Stadium as we saw fans throwing uh, trash on the sideline. At one point, Ole Miss had to evacuate. Well, not really evacuate, but leave their sideline so they could clean up the trash that the fans were throwing on the field and everything. Lane Kiffin was hit in the elbow by a golf ball. There was, like, mustard on the field. It was just an insane game. The Tennessee fans really were looked to be loving the return of their former head coach. And Kiffin and um, Kiffin gets the last laugh as he walks away. Walks away with the win this time to get his Rebels to five and one. So that that's another team in the SEC West that looks to be up and coming soon. They look really good this season. Our last game on the college football slate that we picked on was between the number twenty-two NC State Wolfpack and the Boston College Eagles. Both these teams four and one. Both teams coming off a bye. Both had pretty good offenses and pretty solid defenses. NC State was only favored in this one by three. It was another one that I talked about on Thursday that I thought was going to be a close game that Boston College was able to get competitive, but they were not as NC State rolls this one 33 to seven. And they get to five and one. And what's another thing? Both these teams almost beat Clemson. And um, NC State did. Boston College lost um, with a fumble late in the game. And NC State's looking to be good, and um, them and Wake. Who would have thought that them and Wake Forest would be the highly ranked teams in the ACC right now? Um, but we'll see how that ACC plays out, and if Clemson will still be in the mix to be in the ACC championship game. It doesn't look like it at this point. They already have one loss. They have several near misses. If they lose one more conference game, they definitely will be out of contention. But we'll see how that goes. <coughs> And that was our college games. Uh, just in case you were curious, I we were I was only four and three this week, so a lot of the games did not go the way I expected, but still over five hundred. So we'll take it as we move into the NFL, where um, we start with Thursday night football last weekend against uh, with the Buccaneers facing the Eagles. The Bucks were highly favored in this one, favored by seven. The Fangs were both champions. They've looked great this season, despite the loss, the one blemish as they got beat by the Rams. The Eagles have been competitive with some of those teams, so I thought that they could keep it a little closer, but their defense has not looked great and allows a lot of points. So I thought Tampa would win this one eventually. It was pretty much inevitable, and just it's kind of like we thought the Eagles were able to keep it close. Um, keep it within six, but the Bucks walk away with this one, 28-22. They get to five and one, drop the Eagles to two and four, and yeah, it looks like this NFC East race might be over already with Washington struggling, Philadelphia struggling, and the Giants just in the basement. So um, looks like the Cowboys are finally going to get that NFC East crown back. 
Our next game was the London game at 9.30 a.m. Eastern between the Dolphins at 1-4 and and the Jaguars at 1-5, where, man, what a matchup. The NFL just keeps sending these really great teams to London with just last week it being between the Jets and the Falcons, who had one win apiece, I think. Um, So teams that went to London this season combined for three total wins. Um, But in this one, Miami was favored by three. Two was coming back, but the Dolphins were banged up with some injuries. They were coming off that shellacking 45-17 beatdown by the Bucks, and Jacksonville was coming off a um, similar beatdown 37-19 to the Titans. But I thought this could finally be Jacksonville's week. They've been a little competitive with someone despite the 0-5 record. Um, And... They were coming into this one with 20 consecutive losses. The record of the Bucks was at 26. I knew they needed to get a win soon if they did not want to break that record as their schedule is a little daunting coming up. Um, and I actually picked the Jaguars in this one, and they were able to come from behind and win this one with a field goal late in the game. Convert, uh, Trevor Lawrence converting a fourth and eight in the final seconds to set up the field goal attempt and win it for the Jaguars, who were... One in five, leaving only one winless team in the NFL. And we'll see how the Lions did coming up soon this weekend. But, man, good for the Jaguars. I hope you enjoyed Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer's first win. I wouldn't expect many more to come through the season. Sorry, Jags fan. Unless they knock off someone or they get – I mean, they they obviously will probably be competitive with the Texans again. Um, we'll see how that goes, but – I wouldn't be surprised if there are not more wins coming this season as the Jags are still in that rebuilt phase. Our next game is between the 4-1 Green Bay Packers coming to Soldier Field to face the 3-2 Bears. The Bears actually looking into soon, uh, at the end of their lease in a couple years, Soldier Field to get a new stadium. They just recently bought land in Chicago. We'll see how that goes. But Aaron Rodgers returns to Soldier Field. For possibly the last time wearing the green and gold. We'll see how that goes. Um, but um, Bears come in this one. Justin Fields starting again. He's been having a decent rookie season. Uh, the Bears offense is finally starting to get their foot in. Green Bay was favored in this one by five. Both of these teams are coming off a lot uh, wins with that um, crazy game with the Packers and the Bengals with the missed field goals and the uh, Packers winning in overtime last week. Bears came into this one with a 20-9 win over the Las Vegas Raiders in what proved to be John Gruden's final game as the uh, Raiders head coach in his second stint. But I thought this game was going to be a little closer, as it always is with these ones in a rivalry game. It was in Soldier Field, which usually um, favors the Bears, obviously, more than when they play at Lambeau, which they will later this season. The, but the Packers came out um, slow in this one. The Bears had a long touchdown drive um, to start the game. We're up 7-0, but that Packers offense, even with all the injuries, just slowly weighs them down as the Packers were able to come back and get control of this one. And um, Bears tried to play from behind and come back a little bit, but they couldn't really stop that Packers offense. And as Aaron Rodgers said to the fans in this one, He owns the Bears, and he still owns them. As the Packers come away with the win, this one, I believe, making Aaron Rodgers twenty-five and five, or maybe twenty-six and five against the Bears in his career. Uh, The Packers win this one, twenty-four to fourteen, to get to five and one. They'll have Washington coming up, and the Packers' season looks to get tougher 
after that week. So we'll see how they do and how they handle all the injuries as they have been Fairly healthy team over the last two 13-3 seasons, but the injuries are really starting to stack up in Green Bay, especially on the defensive and the offensive line. So we'll see how they fare. Our next game is between the 3-2 and two Bengals, who are coming off that heartbreaking loss to the Packers in overtime, and the 0-5 Lions in a battle of the Cats. And the Bengals were fared by 3.5 in this one. The Lions were coming off that heartbreaking loss to Minnesota. They came back late to lead but we're able to allow a walk-off field goal in the final seconds Bengals we just talked about what a game between them and the Packers one of the best games I've watched this season I've had uh, the chance to watch and um, Bengals were three and two but they are better than that record shows they they should have beat the Packers the previous week they should be four and one if um, their kicker had I don't blame him for the first one it would have been a career long but they had so many chances. Both teams really did, but the Bengals should have won that game last week. But <clears throat> coming off that to face the 0-5 Lions, it looked good for them. And just as I expected, the Bengals oh, run away with this one, eventually winning 34-11. They were shutting out the Lions for a while, I believe. Maybe the Lions had three, but mm, Lions might be in store for the number one overall pick and it might be good for y'all as Jared Goff is he's looked good at times. He's looked like Jared Goff at times. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are in store for a quarterback early in the draft next year. Maybe a Sam Howell from North Carolina or someone of that type. So we'll see how the Lions fare. They're 0-6 now. Um, we'll see when they finally get that first win going down the stretch. Uh, we'll talk about what they have coming up on Thursday's episode. Our next game is between the Texans and the Colts. Both these teams one and four. Both these teams coming up heart rate losses. The Texans blowing their lead against the Patriots, eventually losing it 25-22. The Colts even more so blowing out the Ravens. Defense dominating. Offense doing well in the first half. Had the game in control up 25-3 to or 25-6 to or something of that nature. And losing it 25 to 32 in overtime as uh, Lamar Jackson had himself a day, but we talked about that last week. Um, and uh, the Colts needed this one against the Texans, as a one in five start would be almost death to their season. Um, no death to their playoff chances for of all things, but they had a good, like the Bengals, roll off from a tough loss into a game against a lower opponent like the Texans. The Colts were favored at 10. This one should have been favored by more as they easily covered that spread as we thought, winning this one 31-3. David Mills did not perform near as well as he did last week against the Patriots, but we'll see where the Texans can go from here. It's going to be tough with all those draft picks gone from Bill O'Brien with the Laramie Tunzel trade and the DeAndre Hopkins trade, not even in the first rounder and stuff like that. What they're going to have to do with um, – Watson with all those um, cases, and we'll see where the Texans go. The future is not looking so bright, but at least David Mills has looked pretty good as a uh, rookie quarterback from Stanford. But we'll roll into the next one between the Rams and the Giants. The Rams were coming off a tough fought win against the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football, winning at 26-17. The Giants were coming off a shellacking by the Cowboys in more ways than one as Dale Jones was knocked out of the game. Saquon Barkley was knocked out of the game. 
Galladay was knocked out of the game. This is another team that's banged up with injuries, and the team, even when healthy, is not that great. Sorry, Giants fans. Um, Rams favored by 9.5 in this one. They, once again, easily covered the spread. As it seemed this week, either games were close or they were not, as um, we had several blocks this week. Another one here with um, the Rams winning it 38-11. to uh, um, 38 to 11. And good win for the Rams. They get to 5-1. They still got to chase the undefeated Cardinals. And we'll see who wins that division in the end. The NFC West was supposed to be one of the best divisions in football, but the Seahawks are now struggling with Russell Wilson out getting surgery and out several weeks. The Niners are not looking so hot. They're 2-3. and three. They were actually on 5 this week. And um, it's really between the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams at 5-1 and one and the Cardinals will get 2, but at 6-0. and oh, Spoiler. Um... And we'll see who wins that tough NFC West. Our next game is between the two and three Kansas City Chiefs. That never gets old, and the uh, two and three Washington Football Team. Both of these teams with bad defenses. Now, Chiefs defense has been atrocious this entire season, and the Washington defense has been really just as bad. They had one of the best units in the league last year. Were very competitive. Had a very close uh, playoff wild card loss to Tampa Bay. But they have been allowing over 30 points a game every week this season. And it doesn't stop here facing that uh, high-powered Chiefs offense who are coming off the tough Sunday uh, night football loss to the Bills. That was not close. The Washington uh, lost a competitive one against New Orleans. The Chiefs easily win this one, cover that spread, win it 31-13. Washington was competitive for a while. Mahomes had some mistakes through two more intercepts in this one. Believe it or not, Mahomes is actually now tied with Trevor Lawrence with eight interceptions for the second most in the league, only behind Zach Wilson's, the rookie QB for the Jets, nine, who's actually off this week and was still able to maintain his title as leading the league in interceptions. So, not so great for Mahomes this season, but can you blame him when he's having to play hero ball to save that team with how bad the defense is? But Chiefs get... Chiefs get this one, get back to three and three, back to five hundred. It's another tough division they're in. The Raiders are four and two now. Gus, um, we'll get to them later, but they won this week. The Broncos, who started, luckily for the Chiefs, Broncos who started three and three are three straight. Uh, three and zero. Oh, they started th- uh, three and zero. Oh, they're back three, three losing three straight. Back tied with the Chiefs. And the Chargers were looking very good up to this point, but we'll get to them in just a second. The uh, next game is between the Vikings and the Panthers. As we're now halfway through our NFL slate, as it's uh, only 14 games this week instead of 16 as bye weeks have started. The Vikings come into this one at two and three with that um, walk off win against Detroit with a field goal late in the game. The Panthers have fallen back as they start the season three zero, and they blew it last week against the Eagles. They're back to three and two. Minnesota was favored by one in this one, but. It was it was very close between these two, and man, Sam Darnold looked pretty good, at least decent uh, to start the season. He has not looked good the last couple of weeks. At one point, I saw he was seven of twenty-one for only seventy-four yards, I believe, and two interceptions. So, um, Darnold has not looked good this week. But the Panthers were somehow able to still get this one into overtime with how. They're still struggling with McCaffrey out. He's back on IR out in another three weeks. But the Vikings were able to win this one 34-28 in overtime, 
get back to 500, get back to 3-3. Three and three. They're right there now with the Bears who are 3-3. Three and three. The Bears have another tough game this week. Could easily fall back behind 500, and if the Vikings can win it, despite this tough 1-3 and three start, where we talked about they were better, I talked about on this show, they're better than their record shows. They've been competitive, and the Vikings could be right back in second place, right behind the Packers. But we'll see how they do as the Vikings win this one. And the Panthers are another one of those teams that started 3-0, and they're back to 3-3. Three and three. And it's a tough, tough go for the fans after such a good start. Our next game was what we were, what I was talking about. Could have been game of the week. Could have been Sunday Night Football or uh, primetime. The 4-1 and one Chargers and the 4-1 and one Ravens. The Ravens coming off that huge come-from-behind victory against Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, the Chargers coming off that questionable win over the Browns with some refs calls at the end, winning that one 44-42 in a shootout. Baltimore was favored by 2.5 in this one as they were the home team. But I actually thought that Chargers could take care of business. The Ravens have tended to start slow in the second half and really get it cranking in the um, get it cranked in the second half after rough first halves. And but dang, the Chargers just fall flat in this one. No offense to be seen. Herbert struggles, and Baltimore rolls them thirty-four to six. Another good game for Lamar Jackson, who might be looking for his second MVP in two uh, in the last three seasons. As man, that Ravens team's looking good at five and one. I know I hated on them a little bit for saying that they ha- uh, hadn't played a really great first half yet, but man, they showed it this week uh, that they can go toe to toe with anyone. Just now, they have wins over the Chargers and the Chiefs. And as much flack as we give the Chiefs for being three and three at this point, that's still an impressive win with how good and high power that Chiefs offense is. <clears throat> but Ravens win this one. And we'll see how they go. Uh, they're one of the my, one of the more surprises to me to be at five and one at this point in the season. Our next game was another good game. It looked like on paper between the five and zero Cardinals and the three and two Browns. The Browns, who had tough losses to Kansas City, tough loss last week to the Chargers with questionable refs, and the offense had looked uh, good throughout the season, and the defense had looked pretty solid. I know they're a little banged up, but I thought that they could be really competitive with the Cardinals as they could really do some of the same things that gave the Cardinals problems the week before against San Francisco. I know they obviously won that game, but the Niners' defense was able to keep it low scoring uh, as they won 17-10. But the Browns' offense didn't bring it this week like they did the week before against the Chargers, and um, the Cardinals walk away with this one easily, 37-14. Another... After a great start to the week with picks for us, we rough getting into these four o'clock games. And um, man, I don't really know what to say about this one. The Cardinals offense rolls again. The defense looks very solid. And um, Baker Mayfield might actually be nursing the injury soon. I believe that they've said the Browns are hoping it's not. It doesn't require surgery. And Baker wants to play this Thursday night football. But who's to know? As we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Our next game is between the Raiders and the Broncos. Both this AFC West class both started 3-0. Both came into this one at 3-2. Um, Denver was the home team. They were favored by 3.5. I kind of liked the Broncos a little in this one as um, Bridgewater had shown signs of life, especially at the end of that Pittsburgh game. The Raiders did not show me anything impressive on offense the last uh, two weeks. 
but Derek Carr and all kind of came back in this one is um, coming off that bad loss to Chicago. The the Las Vegas offense rolled in this one. They were up big. Um, Denver kind of got some garbage time points to make it close and lose it 34 to 24. But the Raiders offense finally showed us something again. Um, and their first win without John Gruden as the head coach. We'll see where the Raiders can go for this one. But good win for the Raiders. Another one that we got wrong in a row in this stretch. But um, we get right back on train with uh, a great game between the Cowboys and the Patriots. The Cowboys at 4-1, and one, the Patriots at 2-3. and three. We all expected the Cowboys to pretty easily take care of business despite the tough road environment at Foxborough up there. Um, but, man, Mac Jones and the Patriots came to play. And I actually got to see a little bit of the end of this one. What a crazy scenario with um, the pa- the Patriots actually up by one. The Cowboys miss a field goal trying to take the lead. The Patriots look to have the game in the bag. Just need a first down or two to win it and to take the Cowboys timeouts and to run the clock out. And um, they try to throw a pass that looked pretty good, but the receiver actually trips and falls right at the wrap, and it ends right up in Trevion Diggs' hand, who has another interception. I believe his seventh through six games, he should be running away with Defensive Player of the Year in my eyes, um, as he runs it back for a pick six, giving the Cowboys the lead. And but then the next play, Travion Diggs ironically in coverage the Patriots throw a 75-yard touchdown, take the lead right back before um but the Cowboys were able to tie it and eventually win it in overtime. But a crazy game in Foxborough. Uh 35 to 29, the Cowboys win it. And the Patriots have looked very competitive with some very good teams with the Bucks and the uh Cowboys now. So the Patriots t- might be a year or so out with Mac Jones developing as a rookie, but he still looks very good. We'll see what the offense can do, and the defense is still looking decently solid. Um, I know they gave up over 30 in this one, but the Cowboys' offense is very good and very high-powered. They're obviously nursing the loss of Stephon Gilmore, who was traded to the Panthers, um, which was tough, a former defensive player of the year. Um, but the Patriots might be – might be able to play spoiler later down the road this season. And at two and four, they still could play into the playoffs with now seven seeds available in each division. We'll see how that goes. Our next game on Sunday Night Football was between two teams that should not have been on Sunday Night Football, but gave us still a very good showing. Uh, actually, overtime showing. Seahawks two and three, nursing the loss of Russell Wilson for several weeks. Geno Smith going to start, who looked good in his limited action against the Rams last week. The Steelers started the season one and three, but they were able to get that good win against Denver despite some questionable defense late in the game um, to try to blow it. But the Steelers were favored by five. They had control of this game. We're up 14-0, but they weren't. Once again, they – let the Seahawks play their way back into the game, get this to overtime 20-20 to 20, with some questionable refing at the end as it looked like the Seahawks um, offer a view. That, um, they shouldn't have even got to kick a field goal at the end of the game. So it looked like time should have expired, I believe. Um, but the Seahawks get to overtime, but the Steelers are still able to pull it out, win it 23-20. Steelers are back to 500. That's um, besides the Ravens, who look to be running away with this division. Um, the Browns are back, lost again this week. The uh, Bengals are able to win, but they're only one game ahead at four and two. Oh, one and a half games because they beat the Steelers earlier. 
but the Steelers are right back in the thick of it, and that's a tough division as it looks like the Bengals could be in contention for a playoff spot. The Ravens are obviously favorites to win the division at this point. The Browns were kind of favorites in the AFC, but they've taken a step back, and they've been pretty disappointing this season. We'll see how they can rebound. So good back-to-back wins for the Steelers. They need to be able to keep this wrong if they want to stay in playoff contention as it does not look like they have good chances to win that division from the Ravens. But we'll see how they do. Our last game of the week was Monday Night Football between the Bills and the Titans. Bills at 4-1, and one, Titans at 3-2, and two, Titans blow out Jackson last week, Bills blow out the Chiefs last week. And um, Buffalo was favored by 5.5 in this one, and I thought the Bills – would take care of business here, but man, did these teams put on the show. Julio Jones was one of the greatest catches I've ever seen with a ball deflecting off um, a Bills defender's helmet and Julio still being able to track it down and catch it before it went out of bounds. And this game just went back and forth. I believe they said seven lead changes, ties in the ESPN Monday Night Football record. Um, Titans had control. Uh, Derek Henry had himself a game, a 76-yard touchdown run. Uh, three rushing touchdowns and over like 130, 140 yards for the game. He looked dominant. Um, but the Titans had the lead late in this one. The Bills were looking uh, with under 20 seconds, looking to uh, be right there to either kick a field goal and force overtime or try to win it. They get the fourth and short, and they decide to go for it and go for the win instead of kicking um, – the field goal going to overtime, and Josh Allen actually slips and falls down and comes up just short. The Titans take his run down and just kneel it and win this game. What a great game. Titans really needed this one after that. They had some tough – they had that tough loss to the Jets, and they've been questionable with how hyped up this team was to start the season. But now both these teams at 4-2, and two, the Titans, are in good shape. They need to keep it rolling um, and stay competitive as they're in a very weak division the Jaguars and the Texans and the Colts, but um, they should easily win that division, but they need to win. They need to be, they showed us something this week that um, they could be dangerous come playoff time as the season progresses. But that's how the NFL went this week. We went 10 and four overall um, with picks. We, if you count college picks, we're at 14 and uh, seven, but we'll talk more about that on net on this Thursday's episode when we do picks for the week. And, um, our other pick was in NASCAR uh, for the Texas playoff race, the starting of the round of eight, where I actually said I thought it, you'd be insane if you were going to pick anyone against Kyle Larson, but I said someone like Blaney Logano um, could be in contention. Logano was actually not in contention as he had some trouble, was involved in an accident, had a rough day. He's uh, below, he's way below the cut line now, I believe. Several playoff contenders had trouble, but Ryan Blaney had a sneaky good finish finishing like sixth, I believe. Um, William Byron, who just got eliminated, had a good showing in second. Kyle Larson wins the race, as we thought, as that's his eighth win of the season. He won the all-star race at Texas earlier this season, and we'll roll into Kansas with three races to go in the NASCAR season. And um, Kansas, I think, is a track that would play into uh, some other drivers' favors, like Kyle Busch or Jimmy Hammond. But we'll see how things go. Larson looks in um, firm control of the uh, – he's obviously locked his way in. The, he's pretty much already locked in with all the playoff points he had, but he's now locked in with this win. So we'll see um, how Kyle Larson fares as he'll be racing for a championship for the first time in his career, which is very crazy after what all the stuff that went down with him last year where he was actually out of the sport 
But it'll be interesting to see how wins that championship. We'll be right back here Thursday to um, have our picks of the week for college football and for the NFL and the NASCAR race, obviously. Um, one last thing before we go, the NHL action has been good this season. Um, the new expansion team, Seattle, has looked a little rocky as they won against Nashville, but they um, they lost opening night against Vegas, and they lost a couple other games. Um it may be some trouble for the our two-time defending champion uh, Lightning as they have started the season pretty well in the win column, but they won seven to six over Detroit, and their goalkeepers are not looking so great, especially with uh, how hyped up Vasilevsky was after how great he played. But um, pitch uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins also having a good start this season, but we'll see how things go in the NHL as we'll look to more talk about them as NASCAR kind of moves out and um, the season kind of heats up. Um, and the actual NBA starts tonight back this Tuesday on October 19th. So we'll see how um, everything goes in the sports world. But it's been, a, it's been a fun week of sports. NHL and NBA are back, and college and NFL are just getting started. But once again, thank you for listening, and um, please come back and see us again on Thursday, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening.